Well, good morning. Um, I was trying to decide coming up to this if I was going to be nervous or not. Aaron kept asking me, and um, judging by the rate of my heartbeat, I think I am a little nervous. <laughs> the last time I did this was uh, a few years ago when I was earning my bachelor's degree in biblical studies at college, and I spoke uh, to a Wednesday night service of about 20 people on the three kings. And I was a little bummed we weren't closer to Christmas, otherwise I could have just used the same message. <laughs> But um, I just, uh, I'm excited to be here, and I just want to start off with a word of prayer. So, Dear God, you are so powerful and so wonderful to us, and I'm very grateful for this beautiful day and the chance that we have to spend some time together, and just thank you for the truth of your word, and I pray that it would be the uh, influencing factor in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Josh asked me to speak uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, I wasn't sure what to speak on, so I asked him, and uh, he told me that I had to decide. (laughs) And he told me just to think through what I've been learning, different things that I've been going through in my quiet times, and uh, just the the way that God has been speaking to me, and he figured that would be the most meaningful, and so I thought through that. And so the topic that I chose is something that I am, I've been wrestling a lot with, and there's some scripture that's been influencing my decision on different things. And um, what it is, is I've been thinking a lot lately about how much I really want my life to make a difference, and, and uh, I want to be spending my life doing things that are really worthwhile. And, the, you know, despite that fact, it's really easy to spend my time not doing worthwhile things, because sometimes it's really hard to get motivated. Sometimes um, I, you know, it's just way easier to sit back and not take initiative. And other times I just feel like I really deserve a break. I've been working really hard, and, and I just want to kick back and not be responsible. But uh, at the start of each week, uh, my wife Erin and I usually kind of plan out our, our week. Um, you know, this night we have our growth group, another night we're hanging out with a couple, another night we're doing a date night. And so it usually packs out all the way. And after a couple weeks of that, I have to look back and think, where is all the time going? And I really hope that all this running around and all everything that we're doing is really worth something. Because feel, I feel really busy. And, and actually, there's other times where it's not so busy. You know, like this week, a bunch of plans had fallen through in the middle of the week, and uh, we had a couple nights in a row where we didn't have much going on. And I still asked myself the same question. I was like, what did I fill that time with? I just really want to make sure it's something that's really worthwhile. There was uh, a, a men's group that I was in about a year ago uh, with some of the guys from the church, and we went through a time log. We, di- we did this exercise where each day, each half hour, you know, each minute of every day, we wrote down what we did. So, you know, I woke up at this time, had breakfast, I read my Bible, went to work, I got home this time, I did this. And so for a whole week, we, we wrote down everything that we did. And when we got back together, I think some of us may have been surprised at how much time we had spent in front of a screen of some kind, you know, like a TV or a computer or something like that. And I was a little tempted to fudge my numbers going into that meeting because I didn't want to look like I spent all my time that way. But um, So yeah, I think, I, would, I think it's safe to say that most people want to make a difference. Most people want to leave a legacy of some kind. Um, and it's good to think through your life goals. You know, say you make it to age 85 or some old age, and you know, what are the things that you would have accomplished in your life that would make you really satisfied with the way that you lived your life? Uh, what are the things that you, you know, would make you feel really good that you got done? Or the flip side is, say you get that far and you're really disappointed. What would, you know, what would your life look like that would kind of disappoint you and frustrate you about the way you spent your time? So if you're asking yourself questions, if you have ever asked yourself, 
You know, how, what, what are the things that are lasting in life and what are the things that I can do that really make a difference? I think that's a great thing because God's pretty concerned about how we answer those questions for ourselves. You can go ahead and take out your listening guide here. We'll just be working through some of the notes. Um, in my own life, I realize that I can't be sloppy with my time. There's a verse that's kind of helped me think through that a little bit. It's uh, Ephesians 5, chapter 5. It says, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. There's another translation that flips around the verse a little bit in the beginning. It says, Therefore, be careful how you walk. Uh, some of you may know that the New Testament was written originally in Greek, and uh, the word careful in the beginning of that phrase uh, comes from the Greek word akrobos, which uh, has the real meaning of exactness, um, really accurate, careful consideration, alertness. And it's actually where we get the word acrobat. The Greek word is akrobos, acrobat. And there's a great correlation there because an acrobat is somebody that does walk very exactly. They have to. Sloppy acrobats don't last very long. <laughs> So, the Bible's telling us we need to live our lives in the same way, just that you live exactly, you know exactly what you're doing. And that's a hard thing to do, but the rest of the verse gives us a little bit of an idea of how to do that, um, making, by making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. So, I was thinking through this, I realized that you get to choose what you're good at in life. And I'm sure all of you are good at something, you know, whatever you spend most of your time on, you're probably really good at. And I don't necessarily mean work or what you do for a living. Um, talking more about what you do when you're not on the job in the after hours. Um, you know, of course, great, the greatest musicians in, hi- musicians in history have spent hours upon hours every day practicing their instrument. Uh, Olympic athletes spent hours and hours training before their events. I have a picture of one here you may have seen. This guy, Michael Phelps. He's won the most uh, gold medals in the history of the Olympics. It's, uh, he's won 16 medals, 14 of which are gold. And which is five more than anybody else after him. So this guy, I think he likes to swim, and uh, he spent a lot of time doing it, so he got to be pretty good at it. And in fact, I even heard that if you spend 10,000 hours on a particular activity, that you have uh, the potential of being uh, world-class in a skill in that area. Um, It usually breaks down to about three hours a day for 10 years straight. And I'm betting Michael Phelps probably spent at least that, maybe more. I have a picture of something that I spend a lot of hours on, or have spent a lot of hours on. Um, if you've never seen this picture before, this is the front cover to a board game called Settlers of Catan. And one game, one round of this game, usually can last maybe you know an hour or two hours. And two weeks ago, me and some friends played three games in a row one night, and I still don't know why we decided to do that. <laughs> By the time we got to the last game, we were like begging for somebody to win. But so I've spent a lot of time with this game, many hours on this, and I've gotten to be pretty good at it. Um, if you want to play after church, I have it in my car, and you can see. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really. That'd be dorky. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the question I have is, what are you good at? What have you spent a lot of time on? Uh, do you have an instrument that you play? Uh, maybe there's a sport you spend a lot of time on. Uh, maybe like me, you are an expert video gamer, or TV watcher, or Facebook stalker. Like, <laughs> that's, that's an option. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, if you spend three hours a day for ten hours, you could be an expert Facebook user. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, there's a lot of things I'd really love to be good at, 
A lot of skills I'd like to develop. Um, I'd love to read more books, spend more time developing myself in different ways, and it's just sometimes really, like I was saying, it's hard to get motivated sometimes. And there's also, you know, the uh, detail of all the things in life that I have to get done, you know, that I just need to spend a lot of time on. And uh, there's another verse that has kind of helped me think through that a little bit uh, in, in chapter Matthew 6. Um, this, these are the words of Jesus. And in verse 25 he says, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Uh, verse 32 says, For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. That last verse is particularly meaningful because it's, uh, Jesus has just kind of given us a promise here that um, seeking his kingdom and his righteousness first, I mean, that, that's kind of set up as the divine priority of all priorities for us. And if we get that, you know, one thing straight, it's a big thing, and it's kind of hard to understand what it really means, but if we get that straight, then God tells us that he'll put those other things in line for us, which um, he's referencing food and clothing, obviously, but those are our needs. Those are our basic needs, things that we need to survive and to get through life. And so seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, you know, everything either lines up under that with the help of God or maybe not, might not line up under it at all. Uh, if it's not something that God wants to be in our lives. But um, it kind of helps me in the midst of wanting to just kick back and just get the rest I really deserve or, you know, when I have those thoughts. Uh, but somebody who walks exactly, uh, someone who um, puts those things first in their lives, is someone who's gotten a firm grip on living for God. And someone who walks, or uh, an example of this is uh, a man named Timothy. He's in the Bible. Um, and there's a verse that describes him a little bit in Philippians, chapter 2. Uh, his mentor is talking about him here, and uh, his, his Paul, and he says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare, for everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. It's interesting here because Timothy is coming from... Uh, what's you know, likely to be a growing base of Christian leaders within the Roman church at that time. But Paul says he's got no one else like him. He singles him out because, because of the things, you know, he, Timothy was concerned about the things of Jesus Christ and the welfare of other people. And not so much concerned about his own interests or the things that he wanted to spend his time on, things he wanted to get done. He just kind of put that in the back seat in view of serving Christ. Um... I've seen that take place in this church a lot, which has been a very cool thing for me to see. Um, there's a lot of times where we've, I've had the opportunity to help people move in the past few years. Uh, one time in the past, I remember, as I was thinking through this, I was helping some friends move, and after I'd been there for three or four hours, I was you know, feeling good, but things were winding down a little bit, things were getting finished up, and I was kind of reaching my limit at that time, and I was uh, getting ready to be done. I was like wanting to go home and just kind of spend my time however I wanted, and um, I had this other friend was helping, and he just kept going back into the first house and putting stuff into his car, and he kept asking the people, like, wait, hey, what else can we do? What else can we done? And he was really concerned about getting the job done well, and he was really concerned about those people getting moved in really well. And it started convicting me a little bit, because I was a little more interested in, in just, you know, being done. I felt like I filled my duty, and so um, it, was good. it was good for me to, you know, just kind of adjust my attitude a little bit about that.
But the nice thing is that if you've decided to uh, become a follower of Jesus Christ and make him the boss of your life, then you've got a wonderful part to play. As long as you're alive, you are building something. Uh, the way you spend your time and things that you do kind of determines this life legacy that you're building. That's why the, the Bible tells us to be careful how we build. Uh, there's a, a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, this is Paul again talking. And in chapter, or verse 10 he says, But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, those are three things that were seen as very valuable and worthwhile. Or wood, hay, and straw, those three things were seen as not valuable and worthless. So he says, If any man builds on this foundation using these materials, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. So based on what we do with our time, we're building with gold, silver, and costly stones, or we're building with wood, hay, and straw. The things that kind of make up our life are just contribute to this life structure that we're building. And the way it works is at the end of time, you'll be standing next to your life's work, and God's going to allow a fire to pass through it, and anything that you spend your time on, anything you contribute to this structure with your life that was golden or silver or made out of stone, it will be there still. It will remain intact. And anything that you contribute to that structure with wood, worthless things and stuff that gets burned up will be burned up for sure. Um, and in verse 14 it says, If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. Um, it's not like when you were playing baseball as a kid, you know, maybe you were on a team, and at the end of the season, everybody gets a trophy no matter what. But the thing is, uh, the, the reward does go to those who have spent their time on worthwhile endeavors. And the tricky thing is that we can fool other people with this. We can even fool ourselves, actually, because we could be spending our time on a project or investing in an area of life or spending our time in a way that we may think is golden, but God might look at it and say that it's wood and hay. And at that point, it's his opinion that matters a little bit more than ours. And so, um, you know, it might be that, it could be that you're spending your time on something that's wrong or sinful, but it might not be. It might be something that's just simply trivial and not worth the time, and it will still, uh, you know, get, you know, not be worth it in the end. That's why uh, a Christian leader that I respect has, has once put it this way. He said, you can be busy, but not necessarily producing. And so it doesn't really matter what, or how big your pile is, how big your structure is at the end. It just matters what it's made out of. So what is the gold and silver and the costly stones in this analogy? Uh, it's going to be different for different people, of course. Uh, but you know, an example is studying the Bible and memorizing scripture from it is, uh, is certainly golden because of the way that it really impacts your life and allows you to better walk for God and live for Him. Spending, uh, oh, actually uh, sharing the gospel which is helping people understand what it means to have a relationship with God and uh, helping people wrestle through the issues of you know, making Jesus a part of their lives, that is certainly a golden way to spend your time. Spending a Saturday helping somebody out. Yeah, it could be moving. Like, you know, like in my example, kind of helps you see that the motivation behind why we do things kind of contributes to what your building materials are made out of. My friend, I would have to say, his attitude was, was pretty golden and he was really concerned about the other people and about getting the job done well. And mine was more about just fulfilling, you know, just filling my duty in a sense and 
I changed it a little bit at the end, but uh, another thing is it could be giving money. Um, although, you know, giving money or service are, you know, like I was saying, if it's done out of compulsion or duty, it's not exactly what God's looking for. And so uh, it kind of contributes. But, you know, contributing with monetarily to help, you know, speed along the gospel and help serve others is a, is a great way. And then there's entertainment. And, uh, again, there's plenty of entertainment out there that's not wrong or sinful. And just, you know, spending a lot of time on it might uh, not really add up to very much in the end. And the reason that, you know, it's considered gold, silver, and costly stones are, you know, the, in this analogy is because those are costly things. You know, to acquire those, is, it really does come at a cost to us normally. It could cost us time. Usually it costs us a lot of time. Or just energy out of our lives. Um, it costs us our resources and money. And that's what makes it so valuable. And uh, I've been encouraged to, just to talk to a few people uh, who are kind of helping us gear up for our second service launch in a couple of weeks. And a lot of people have just communicated their willingness to just um, put in extra time, you know, do what they need to do just to help us get that thing off the ground. And, and it's encouraging to see that people are really willing to invest in that. And so the question that I want to ask, I've been asking myself, and you guys can ask yourself, is um, when the fire tests the quality of our life's work, how much of it will be left standing? Are we spending our time on things that are lasting and worthwhile? Uh, Cody, you can come on up. But it, you know, one of the reasons I think that Orange Crest Community Church is such a great place is because, like I was saying, there, there are people that um, really have decided to make pursuing God's kingdom and his righteousness a priority in their lives and that they're trying to walk as exactly as they can. And you know, there's, uh, it's just exciting to see people really... Uh, you know, get a hold of this. And, and just as Josh has been talking about different kind of churches in the past few messages, um, I really hope, it's my hope and anticipation that our church will have this, this sort of thing as a focus. Um, in just a few minutes, the ushers are going to be coming around and they'll be taking the offering. And uh, you can put in your connection cards. If you want to take that out right now, uh, there's a few things on the back that might help you just think through this practically. Uh, one of the things at the top there under the my, my next step today is... Uh, I'll cut back an activity that's causing me to be sloppy with my time. Maybe there's something that you've been thinking through that, um, you know, you, it might be a time drainer, and so it might be better spent, you know, in a different way. You could say, I'll make a difference by teaming up with OCC in the areas of service or giving. Um, maybe you want to get more invested that way and uh, help contribute to, to what we're trying to do. And the last thing is, I'll make an, an eternal difference by share and share this story of Jesus with someone this week. Uh, and like I was saying, that's that that could be a very meaningful way to spend your time. Uh, it reminds me of uh, the verse in uh, Acts 20:24, 20, and Paul saying, "However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace." Um, so that maybe that might be a practical step for you. So, um, just as we uh, close the next few minutes, I just want to take another word in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for uh, just the truth of your word again and just the way that it has a huge impact on our lives. I pray that you would uh, help each of us to wrestle through the different things that, um, you know, you're you're trying to speak to us. And uh, I pray that our fellowship would be sweet as we spend the rest of the service together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.